right, Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22 tonight. Genesis chapter 22. I really enjoy just doing these Bible studies and just, uh, just studying different things and not having to have a go a certain direction. Um, I was telling Brother Rick before church, one thing I want to do, I think after we do this for a while, um, I've, I've been wanting for some time to do a Bible study on the, uh, the Jewish customs. Uh, we have to understand the Bible is a Jewish book. It's not an American book. It's a Jewish book. And if we, the things that we understand, we read it, what we think it is saying, in the light of what is really taking place in, in the Jews' realm, what they understood it to be, shed so much more light on the Word of God. There's so many customs and, and laws and uh, things that they did in the Old Testament that sheds an awful lot of light on the things that the Lord said in the New Testament. So someday we're going to go over all that, but tonight... Look at Genesis chapter 22. I want to talk tonight about the matter of being grafted in, uh, being grafted into the family of God. And so let's pray here. We'll, we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, bless tonight, please. Spirit of God, help us to uh, be guided correctly through the word of God to not say things that shouldn't be said and yet speak things that should be said and help us to uh, follow the, the Spirit's um, guidance and wooing as we look through scripture, Lord, I pray that you would use it to, to sharpen us as we gather knowledge that hopefully will be converted into understanding and wisdom. I pray that we listen tonight well and learn some things that will be helpful in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Genesis chapter 22, uh, what we have happening here in this chapter is a very familiar story. Um, <clears throat> the Lord comes to Abraham. And he says to Abraham, he says, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, and I want you to, to offer him up. Now, of course, remember now that uh, 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 at this time, Abraham is very old. He should not have had Isaac in the first place. Uh, now he's uh, well over 100 years of age, and he's taking Isaac. Now, God said, I'll give you a son, and that son is going to give you a, uh, you're going to father a nation. Uh, you're going to be the, the founder, the, the number one patriarch of an entire nation, um, but it's going to come through your seed. Here he is now. He has one son, Isaac. Yes, he had another illegitimate child, Ishmael, and that's a whole other story, but that wasn't the son that God was talking about, uh, making it his nation, or the nation he promised, the promised nation. So he took his only son, Isaac. He said, I want you to take your son, Isaac, up into one of the mountains of Moriah, and I want you to kill him, <laughs> offer him as a sacrifice. Now, first of all, uh, I know I've heard preachers say all the time, say, can you imagine Abraham wondering as he walked up that mountain, wondering, how am I going to be the father of a nation? That's the last thing on Abraham's mind. I don't think he cared anything about the promise of being the father of a nation. I think he was a lot more concerned with, I'm supposed to kill my own son. How in the world am I supposed to do this? Um, but he gets up there and he takes him. It's funny, as they're going up the hill, he, uh, Isaac says to him, he says, Father, we have the wood and we have fire. He said, but we're going up to sacrifice. Where is the lamb? Where's the sacrifice? And in faith, Abraham just says, just, just God will provide. God will, what, a, what a statement of faith and, and yet maybe a cop out to some degree. God will provide. I don't know, but God just, we just got to trust God. He's going to take care of this. I think Abraham had been around the Lord long enough to know God's going to come through. Uh, uh, the longer you've been saved, you've, you've been in situations like that before where you, you look at a situation, you have no idea how it's going to happen, what's going to happen, what to do, but you just know one thing, 
God's going to take care of it. I don't know how, but he's done it before. I've just got to trust. He's going to take care of it again. And he did. He gets up there and he builds the altar and he lays his son on that altar and he pulls out the knife. And I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm sure I, Abraham is very much questioning in his own heart and mind what is going to take place here. What is going on? I can't believe I'm doing this. He raises that knife up into the sky to pierce the, the breast of his own son. And when he did so, God reached up and stopped him. Abraham, stop, stop. Now I know what you're going to do. Now I know your faith. You know, it's one thing for us to say, Lord, I'll do anything for you. Oh, anything? Careful telling God you'll do anything. He might take you up on it. You know, uh, uh, you know sometimes the kids will say, if you'll let me do this or have this, I'll do anything. I said, anything? Well, almost anything, you know, because <laughs> uh, if you'll do anything, I, I'll buy you anything you want. you to do anything and, uh, you know, clean your room. Uh, would you do that? But uh, uh, you know, get some others. I know, Abraham, now I know what you're doing. Now I know what you're made of. Now I know who you are. He stopped him and they turned and there's a ram in the thicket. They went and caught the ram, brought him over and slew him for the, the offering. Now, Abraham had a great faith there. And that's what we want to capitalize today is the faith of Abraham. Abraham had a faith that God told me to do it, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't understand it, but I'm going to do it. I don't believe in it necessarily, but I'm going to do it. I don't really like it, but I'm going to do it. I don't see how it's going to happen, but I'm going to do it. I don't see how, why, I have no clue how this could possibly benefit the kingdom of God, but I'm going to do it. I don't understand why God would ask such a thing of me, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what God asked me to do. And so he did. When God saw that faith, that faith or that obedience, this is what he said. Go back to verse number 15 now. Genesis 22, look at verse number 15. When God saw what Abraham did, verse 15, the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. And he said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of its enemies. And uh, verse 18, And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Think about that. The obedience of one man, many were blessed. Verse number 19. <clears throat> so Abraham returned unto, <clears throat> to his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. And it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, uh, Milcah, she hath also borne children unto thy brother Nahor. And, uh, and they go through and mentions their names and so on. So he said, uh, he said this. He said, because you did this, and because you obeyed me, because of that faith, and you withheld not your only son, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. Now I want you to notice what he said there in verse number 17. I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. Now that right there, so often we read over that, but that, that really is two promises. There's two things God is saying there. He said, I'm going to multiply your seed. You're going to father two nations. You're going to father one like the sand of the seashore, and you're going to father one like the stars in the sky. You're going to have two nations that you're the father of. The first nation 
is the sand nation. It's a physical nation. It's a, a tangible nation. That's the Jewish race. That was Abraham and Isaac and Isaac and Jacob. And Jacob had the 12 sons of Jacob that became the 12 tribes of Israel. And they began to multiply. And until pretty soon, each tribe was consisted of thousands of people. And even to this day, people can know what tribe that they're from, uh, from, from uh, which they were born. And so that became that sand promise of a great nation born unto him, the Jewish people or the Jewish race. But God went a step further and said, Abraham, not only are you going to follow a physical nation, a, 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 a physical people, but you're also going to have a heavenly nation, one of the stars. You're going to have a spiritual nation. And this is going to be like the stars of heaven. You're going to father a whole... That's why Jesus referred to it so many times in the New Testament as your father Abraham. Or he referred to them and said, uh, talks about the faith of Abraham. Or we are the, we sing the song there. Our father Abraham had many sons and many sons had father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, everybody. Right? No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, but uh, we, uh, my favorite part is when you're turning around, you're dizzy. And, uh, but the, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm, not of a, I'm not of any tribe of the Jewish race. But I'm a, I'm a son of Abraham, and so are you. Now, how does that necessarily take place? Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to talk about these promises that God made to Abraham. So Galatians chapter number 3. We're going to use our Bibles quite a bit here tonight. Galatians chapter 3, and look at verse number 7. Galatians 3, verse 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Okay, so stop right there. How do we become the children of Abraham? Those that are of faith. So now that means that those that are of faith are the children of Abraham. We're not, if we're people of faith, then we are children of Abraham. But we're not the physical sand promise of Abraham. We're not Jewish people. We're not of a tribe of the Jewish race. We're not of the sand promise. We are of the heavenly promise. We're of the star promise. We are the spiritual nation that Abraham fathered. And so we are uh, 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 children of Abraham. Verse 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Verse 8, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. We just read about that in chapter 22 of Genesis. He said that it was preached to him that in him all nations be blessed because God knew in his foreknowledge that there would be a people of faith that would be put into the spiritual promise given to Abraham. Verse 9. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Why are we cursed when we walk after the law? Because we can't keep the law. So we're cursed. We're trying to live the law, but there's not a person here that you can keep the law. We cannot live the law. We cannot keep the law. The law, he tells us later on in the end of the chapter 3, was simply a schoolmaster. It was simply a rule book showing us we need Christ. Much of the Bible is written, uh, yes, for us to obey, but also for us to see we can't obey it. When God says, uh, 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 thou shalt not lust, 
or thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, if you loved your neighbor as yourself, you'd go wash his car and mow his grass. You don't pay his mortgage. You don't love your neighbor as yourself. Neither do I. Uh, uh, so so the, there was a schoolmaster showing us we cannot keep it. And that's why we're cursed. However, verse 11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. So he said, if you think you're going to be justified by keeping this law, this law is being a curse unto you because you cannot keep the law. The only way to be justified then is by faith. Uh, verse number 12. Uh, verse 12. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. How? Through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So now, now, he's, now he's tied this back into the Gentiles. He said, Abraham, you're going to father a nation. Two nations, as a matter of fact. A physical nation, the sand, the sand promise, and that'll be the Jewish race. Then you're going to father a, a spiritual nation, and that's all of those that'll be the children of Abraham through faith. What kind of faith? The same faith Abraham showed when he took Isaac up to the top of that hill. Isaac, by faith, brings him up to the top of the hill and says, I trust you, I don't understand it, I will obey you, and this is what you say to do, and he lays his son on the altar, and God said, that's the type of faith, the faith of Abraham is how people will be grafted into the family of Abraham and become children of his seed or children of Abraham. Now, from the beginning, God's intention was this. First, get a drink of water. Secondly, his intention was this. His intention was to have Abraham, Abraham have Isaac, Isaac have Jacob, Jacob have the 12 tribes, the 12 tribes grow and multiply, and have a Jewish nation. These are God's people. His plan was for God's people then to reflect and be a light to all of those who are not God's people, to all the Gentiles. And as a result of them receiving Christ or following the Lord or walking in the things of God, being a light to the Gentiles, the Gentiles would then turn also to God. That's why the Bible says, first Jesus said, I didn't come to the Gentiles, I came to the Jew. The Jew first. Why? Because if I got the Jew, the Jews to be a light to the Gentiles. But my first priority are my own people. So he came to the Jew first, then the Gentile. Take your Bibles and go to Isaiah uh, uh, 49. Isaiah 49. Isaiah chapter 49, and there's several passages in the Old Testament along these lines. We'll just look at a couple here, but Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6. Isaiah 49, verse 6, and he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up tribes of Jacob and to restore and preserve Israel. That's the Jews. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation to the end of the earth. See, in Abraham, all nations shall be blessed. 
In thee, Abraham. In how? In Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the twelve tribes, the nation of Israel. In thee, a light for the Gentiles. In thee shall all nations be blessed. And he said again right here, you're a light to the Gentiles. Why? That my salvation could go to the ends of the earth. Because God expected the Jewish people to do it. Go, go back to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, and look at verse 44. Acts chapter 13, verse number 44. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. And when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. And they spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. And Paul and Barnabas, they waxed bold and said, it, is, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light to the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for the salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad, and they glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Verse 49, And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region, but the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and uh, uh, raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. Why? Because Paul and Barnabas, they said, listen, we came here to preach to you Jews first. It was the right thing to do. We came to preach to you first, then the Gentiles, but you would not receive it. So now we've turned our attention to the Gentiles to preach to them. Jesus said this, he came unto his own, but his own received him not. And that's what happened. So the Lord comes down, and yes, he, he, the, the Abraham, because of Abraham's faith, that faith then uh, 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 fathered a great nation. He would father the, the physical seed of Abraham as well as the spiritual seed, which is all of those Jews or Gentiles who should believe. Okay, now take your Bibles and go over to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter number 11. Romans chapter 11. And look at verse number 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall is come unto the Gentiles. Uh, I'm sorry. But rather through their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Here he is now. Talk, same thing he's talking about in the book of Acts. He's saying the, the, uh, the word of God, um, uh, have they, do we want them to fall? No. But because they did fall and they didn't accept it, the salvation is passed on to the Gentiles. That's us. Verse 12. Now if the fall of them be the riches of this world and the, and the diminishing of them riches, of, the, uh, of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am an apostle of the Gentiles and I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from death? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches." 
And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Let's stop right there. What's he talking about? He's talking about who, who's the olive tree? Who's the main trunk of the tree there? He's who's, who has the roots? And who, is the, uh, uh, who are the, uh, the, uh, um, uh, the, the stump of the tree or the trunk of the tree? Who is that? Christ. Some of Jesus Christ. That's Jesus. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the trunk of the tree. He's the, he, is the, he is the vine. We are the branches. He's the main vine of the tree. And he's using a very uh, familiar uh, uh, illustration here. Their day, they would take olive trees and they would graft in wild olive trees into more uh, of, of the useful olive trees. And what they would do is they would grow them together. You graft it in by cutting off a branch of the, of the tree. You put a little slit in it, and then you take the, the, the branch and make a point and put it in the slit. Put it in there, tie it up, and eventually they will grow together. And now the branch that is stuck into that tree will receive the nutrients of that trunk and, the, and be sustained by that trunk, and that branch will continue to grow, though it were cut off another tree. It can be put into that tree. We'll come back to that here in a minute. So he says that, that, that listen, he said, for if the first fruit be holy... The lump is also holy. What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about this. If the root be holy, so are the branches. So he's talking about if Christ, if, if the holy trunk be there and Christ be holy, then those who are growing out of Christ should likewise be holy. Verse 17. And if some of the branches be broken off, who's broken off? We'll get to that in a minute. And thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So once you've been grafted in, now you become now you are enjoying the fatness and the nutrients and the water and the growth and the stability of that olive tree as a branch that if you had been left outside the olive tree, you would have died. Verse 18: Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root but the root thee. Here's what he's saying. He said, be careful. This is what we want to do. We don't say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Those unbelieving Jews. The unbelieving Jews out there, guess, God, guess they, uh, they lost it. Guess God didn't have a part with them. He cut them off. And God said, you better be careful. You better be careful talking about, talking about my, my regular people, my nation. They, they maybe got cut off, but before you start bragging about, bragging about who you are, just remember you were adopted. You were grafted in. So be careful. Of course, this is much bigger of an issue back then. They're right in the middle of dealing with the Jews and the Gentiles. Today, we're not in that, we don't have that issue going on, but back then it was a big issue. Verse 19. That will say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest how? By faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God. On them which fell, severity. Here we have that God of anger and that God of love. And the God, those that fell, severity, but toward thee, goodness. If. I think we missed that word. That's a little two-letter word that, that changes a lot of things. If. 
if, if I said, I will give you $100 if you wash my car. Can you come to me and say, give me $100, preacher? I say, why? Because you said right there, you give me $100. You missed the if. You didn't wash my car. Don't forget the word if in the Bible. A lot of times we blow over that. What did he say? If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. <laughs> I'm just reading the Bible. Uh, so here, let's, okay. Uh, 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 let's go on, verse 23. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, they shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these which are natural branches be grafted back into their own olive tree? So here's what he's saying. This, this, this could easily get complicated, or it could be pretty easy. The Jews, he said, that's your physical nation. That's your physical Jewish race. They were supposed to be God's people. They were the ones that were supposed to take the light to the Gentiles. And so you have Jesus Christ, the main tree, and off of him you have all the branches, you know, all the 12 tribes and all the Jews, all those branches. And they're supposed to be a great olive tree, a great light to the Gentiles. However, many of them say, I don't believe in Jesus. He's not the Savior. We're not going to follow him. We're not believing in Jehovah. And they refused me. And the Bible said, because of their unbelief what happened Poop, they're cut off they were cut off but then there were some gentiles over here that were not part of this physical race but they're part of the spiritual race because they by faith say hey they don't believe but we believe so that those branches are picked up and taken and spliced into graft into that main olive tree so now you have and then the, the olive tree jesus said now be careful that you don't sit there and get too high-minded about the one that just got cut off. Because you're not here about anything you did other than my goodness and your faith. And because you believed on those that fell severely, but on those that, that didn't fall, my goodness. Because by faith, I picked you up and put you in here. But be careful, because I cut you off just as quick as I cut them off. And by the way, if they change their heart and they believe and they don't abide still in unbelief, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick them up, and I'm going to put them back in the tree too. So he said, be careful how much you start to judge other people that are not already in the tree, because they can get to the tree anytime they want. Hey, let's be careful judging the lost. Let's be careful because at any moment, they could turn their heart and be put right in the same tree as you and I are. So the Gentiles now have been grafted in because of belief um what belief the same faith that god saw in their father abraham when he took isaac and offered him on the altar and he said when i saw that faith then abraham you're going to have a nation born you a spiritual nation that they too by faith can be brought in as children of abraham and graft into that family of god okay so what gets us what gets us in to the tree of christ what gets us in Faith, belief. What gets us out? Unbelief. What got the Jews out? Unbelief. What can put the Jews back in? Belief. What put the Gentiles in? 
Belief. What did he say would take the Gentiles back out? Unbelief. Um, so you're in, go to Galatians chapter 3. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. And look at verse number 26. For ye are all the children of God. How? By faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So, verse 28, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male or female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, we're talking about this being grafted in. Uh, to that family of God. I'm going to give you a few things about gra being grafted in here. Uh, number one, not all types can be grafted together. You can't, graft, you can't take an apple branch and stick it into an orange tree. There's no, there, there's no compatibility there. It won't work. They have to have enough compatibility to where they can bond together. They have to be the same kind. So you can take an apple tree and you can graft into that many different kinds of apples. You can take a lilac tree and you can put all kinds of different lilac branches in there and end up with a pink lilac, a white lilac, a yellow lilac, a blue lilac, a, a purple lilac. But they're all lilac. You're not going to have a lilac tree and graft in a rose. It doesn't work. You have to be the same kind. Okay. We were created in whose image? God's image. We were made after his kind. And so we can be grafted into him. We've all been created in his image, Jews and Gentiles. And we can be grafted back into him. And this is not an exchange of life. We're not saying I'm no longer Gentile. I now am a Jew. or I'm no longer what I was. I'm now it's not an exchange of life, but rather it's, a, it's taking the two natures and mingling them together. It is now me being put into the vine. And guess what? Now I am of that tree. And I am becoming what that, and when the root is holy, the branches are holy. And when the lump is holy, the whole lump is holy. And the branches begin then to be conformed to the rest of the tree. Number two, grafting helps a less able branch to be fruitful in a more stable vine. Look at that. A grafting will help a less able branch to be fruitful in a more stable vine. This is common practice. I learned this. I was reading about this. Is that they'll take a peach trees and peach trees can grow in a sandy soil. So if they have sandy soil and they want to grow something like plums, plums won't grow in a sandy soil very well. So what they do is they take peach trees that grow in sandy soil, they cut off the branches, graft in plum branches, so the, the trunk of the trees is sustained and stable in the sandy soil, gets the nutrients it needs, gets the water it needs, it becomes a stable vine, but it produces plums. Because the plums outside, if you were to take the plum tree and plant it there, you would get very few or very little plum and it would it'd most likely die because it can't do it on its own. But when you plug it into the main vine, 
it flourishes. Hey, you know what? You and I, we can only do so much on our own. The world without Christ, everything they do, they are doing it on their own, in their own strength, their own power, their own ability without Jesus Christ. When we are cut off from the world and we are picked up and we are grafted into the tree of God, we ought to be doing much more, much stronger. But God never intended us to live a natural life. He intended you and I to live a supernatural life. Answers to prayer. Uh, 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 miracles. He said, this, people shall know you're my disciples. You'll cast out demons. You'll raise people from the dead. You'll heal the sick. See, we're supposed to be, we ought to be that new light in the world that the Gentiles, we're having a hard time. What do we do? Hey, go to the church and ask them to pray. Why? Because they got something we don't got. Go to them and get that. So the, the, the grafting will help that less able branch to be fruitful in a more stable vine. Okay, number three. Number three. The graft in branch expresses the trunk's ability in nature. So the graft in branch, okay, uh, we are persons of two natures, the human and divine. When we receive the divine life, our human life is not ended. Our human life will still exist. However, it now exists with a divine life flowing through it. So we're not supposed to live our life like carnal man. We're supposed to live our life like a man with a divine nature living in us called the Holy Spirit. He lives within us. He dwells within us. And so that, that's the life we're supposed to live. Number four, the weaker life will live and thrive and exist by the stronger life. You take the weaker branch, and how will that thing survive and make it and be stronger? By putting it in a stronger place, the vine. And it'll, it'll thrive that way. Without the divine branch, we are limited to what we can do on our own. So we are to live the supernatural life that's been grafted into Jesus Christ. And the weaker, listen, the weaker is to be subdued by the stronger. So when the weaker branch, us Gentiles, lost, without God, without Christ, on our own, when, when, we, are, when we are taken out of that, and we are placed into, we're placed into Christ. He's the stronger vine. So what happens? Now we are to submit to that. And we are subdued by that stronger branch. It takes charge of our life. Very much so like when a woman and a man get married. Do you know why the woman takes on the man's name? Because she's being subdued. He's the stronger vessel. And so he's the stronger vessel, and she's being subdued by him. She loses hers, and they become one, but they become his name. Because he's the man, and he is stronger, and he is the one who subdues the weaker vessel. That's why when the, the wife comes down with a veil over her door, she wears a veil over her face. She wears a veil over her face to show that in this relationship, there's not two, there's only one. This is real popular preaching for 2019, I'm telling you. This is a, <laughs> I'm not putting this one online. Oh, man, I'll be a woman in town be mad at me. They're showing the two shall become one. Who? 
they're going to become the stronger one. And that's why the veil is there to show, and nobody moves the veil except for who? The one who's subdued. The struggle. And so what they're showing is, and that's how we're supposed to be when we come to Christ. Interesting, we are the bride of Christ. We're to be subdued by him because he is the vine and we are the branches. And we've been out here on our own, weak and miserable, nothing. But through faith, we've been brought in and stuck into Jesus Christ. And now he is to subdue us and dominate us and live a divine nature through us that we can bear fruit we would never bear on our own if we weren't stuck into the tree. And so we're grafted in to him. Um, next of all, last of all, you get cut off the same way that you got grafted in by belief. We get cut off the same way. Did why did the Jews get cut off? Unbelief. How do they get back in? Belief. How do the Gentiles get in? Belief. How do they get out? Unbelief. Be real careful. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble right now. I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, we we got to be careful of this. I said a prayer when I was two years old. I'm saved forever. Um, there, uh, read your Bible. There's an awful lot about We are not of those that turn back into perdition. Uh, an awful lot in the Bible. It talks about how we, are, we believe to the end of the keeping of the soul. I don't believe in work salvation at all. As a matter of fact, we just read about that a few minutes ago. There's nothing you can do. If you're justified by the law, you are cursed. And you're going to hell for no flesh is justified by the law. No, I'm not justified by the law. We're justified by faith. We're talking about not having faith. We're talking about those that say, I reject Jesus Christ. I no longer believe in him. I no longer want him. I had a preacher say one time, uh, you said a prayer when you were, uh, he's, tell, he's telling a story, and he talked about a guy that said a prayer, he said a vacation Bible school, and he was four years old. And he said that man turned, and he said he hates God, he don't believe in God, he's lived a very wicked, ungodly life. The pastor was telling about this man that he met, and he was talking to him, and he told this man, he said, like it or not, like it or not, if you said that prayer when you were four years old, you're going to go to heaven, and God's going to make you go, even if you're kicking and screaming the whole way. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. If you don't want to go, God ain't going to make you. If you're going to say, God, I don't want the streets of gold. I want to burn in hell for all eternity. God says, whatever, man. Whatever. He probably won't say whatever, man. But, you know, uh, there comes a time when we unbelieve and we say, I'm done. So, uh, it was our Bible lesson last week. Um, Alexander. Remember we talked about him Sunday night? Here he is, Alexander. He is standing with Jesus, standing with Paul and with Jesus Christ. We find him later on. He's become one of the greatest enemies Paul ever had. Why? Paul said we turned him over to Satan because he learned to blaspheme because he put away the faith, making shipwreck. What about Judas? What about Judas? Oh, he never was saved from the beginning. So God called an unsaved man to be a disciple. No, 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 he was saved, but, but then at the end, he just made a bad mistake and hung himself. And the Bible says he went to his own place. Um, so so what, what is it? Or could it be that he did walk with the Lord and then he put away his faith? I'm just saying, make sure we, we, make sure we believe to the keeping of the soul. Make sure we believe to the end because it is very, very important. Um, uh, the, the faith is what he's referring to uh, when we, uh, the, uh, um, we, we have to have that right faith, the faith of Abraham, to get in Christ and to stay in Christ. 
You keep your faith in Christ. Yeah, you get justified by works? No, you get justified by what he did on Calvary. It's by faith, trusting that and believing that. Faith is a deep subject. Belief is a deep subject. It's not just a head knowledge. It's an action heart knowledge. And we got to look at that here in the near future study. What does, it mean to, what does faith really mean to have faith in something? Faith in something is believing in something. Not just believing it, but believing in it. It's a big difference, believing it and believing in it. Uh, and so, uh, uh, so we have to make sure that, that we have been grafted in. How do we get grafted in? You put your faith in Christ. Say, so, well, man, alive, preacher, how do I know that I've been? Listen, it ain't that complicated. If you put away your faith, you're going to know it. It's a conscious decision that you walk out and you say, God, I'm done. And you can take a hike and you walk. You know what you're doing if you walk out on God. It's not a matter of, did I lose my salvation this morning or did I not? I don't know. No, 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 you didn't. No, God's not weird. It's a conscious decision. They buy their unbelief, but if they just say that they're going to believe, I'll put them right back in. And so, what does it mean? It means there's two, there's two things, Abraham. You have your Jewish nation, the sand promise. Then you have the spiritual nation, the star promise. And the star promise, the sand promise was the Jews. The star promise was everybody. The sand promise came through physical seed. The star promise came through uncorruptible spiritual seed. For who? All who believe. And put your faith in Jesus Christ. And when you do, well, guess what? You are now a child of Abraham, a son of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, many sons. All right, ushers, why don't you come over here? Bring your